0: I'm Karen O'Leary and this is Full Disclosure. We're going to talk to politicians, builders, actors, writers and media personalities to find out how coming out was for them. This podcast is bursting with pride to be supporting Rainbow Youth. Joining me in the full disclosure studio is Cassie Roma. Cassie is the founder and director of
1: media, brand and content strategy company CR Co. I started to realise that the way that I dressed wasn't how I wanted to dress. It was making me unhappy the reason I'm so abjectly unhappy on the inside is because I'm not being who I am. And I didn't know what that answer was until I met Carly.
0: Cassie, thank you so much for coming in. It's an absolute pleasure to see you. We met on the... um the amazing reality TV
1: show Celebrity Treasure Island. And gosh, that was an experience, wasn't it? That was an experience. I remember the first time we met on that bus. Yeah. I thought
0: you were a high-profile sports person, actually, because I hadn't watched The Apprentice at that point. You thought I was a sports person? Yeah, you looked like a sports person.
1: Oh, thanks,
0: mate. I think you could certainly be a sports person. I mean, there was a time. Yeah, that's right. Because well, basketball,
1: <laughs> because basketball, because that's basketball. basically my whole life. No, in a nutshell. No, no, because you played <laughs> basketball is what I meant, and I remember you th- th- shooting the hoops in the challenge. I did shoot those hoops, and thank the Lord I made them because otherwise I would have been reamed when yeah. I went back home. Reamed? It, yeah, just teased. Oh, right, okay, delightful. Re- is that an
0: Americanism? I hope so. Yeah, because I so do. I otherwise I just am ignorant, but yeah. Um, but anyway, so aside from the fact that you are a basketball superstar. And a reality TV superstar. You're also the founder and director of successful media, brand, and content strategy company CR and Co. That's right, man. I so sure. CR, what does that stand for? CR and Co. Cassie Roma uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yes. I, was, I probably could have and guessed. Co. And Yeah, yeah. You're a woman of many talents. Would you
1: say that? Uh, yeah, ac- maybe accidental talents. They're sometimes the best ones, though. They're the, they're always the best ones. It's like accidentally becoming an actor. <laughs> it's like, it's like
0: a complete <laughs> accident. And <in> now look. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but we're not here to talk about me. And we're here to talk about you. And I'd like to know first and foremost, where do you
1: live? Who do you live with? What's your fuddy like? Oh, oh, <laughs> where do I live? Right now, I am really lucky to be living across two homes and countries. And it's kind of like a. International. A little international fantastic double life. Uh, for the most part, I, in my Fare is my yes. wife Carly and yes. um, our daughter Chelsea here in Aotearoa, yep. New Zealand. When I'm working in the States, I live in the basement of my college best friend's house yep. in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow.
0: So when you're spending time in the States, that's when you're doing all of your media brand content strategy stuff.
1: Is that what you're doing over there? Well, mostly I'm working over there with uh, media equity around women, queer people, and black people in country music. Wow. So really taking on <laughs> the the world of... And this is in Tennessee, correct? This is in Tennessee. This is my... So I grew up with country music. I grew up like half between Southern California and the, a town of 200 people in wow. Missouri. So yeah. like rednecks, beautiful humans, gorgeous souls. But let me tell you, there was a great divide mm. uh, between privileged and non. Yes. So I'm trying to break... Uh, utilize all of the, the business skills I've got over the last 20 years in media, in wow. strategy, in all of that, and then apply it to a creative world that I never felt a part of as an adult, because I'm not a white guy with a beard and a beer belly in a truck who was Chase, why well, chasing girls? Kinda, well, I did once, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I do like beer. So the, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of resonance there. Yeah, yeah, but you do, it's just the beard. You're missing the beard. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I think I would look good with a big, you know, ZZ top beard.
0: I think you'd suit a mustache. <laughs> you know, how would you identify in terms of your sexuality? Mm. How would you identify it? if you if you're going to chuck a label on yourself? I always
1: say queer. Yep. Yeah, I'd say queer. I can I can run the gamut of sexuality, but right now mm. I've done my time with the old eggplant emoji, and I will never <laughs> head back to that. <laughs> okay, tell, tell me a bit more about that. What do you mean by that, Cassie? I kind of
0: know because I know your story, yeah. but these other people might not know your great story.
1: Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, back backing up the, the proverbial bus a little bit, I was married originally for 14 years to a, a really lovely man. Yes, who the Women's Weekly called Ted, but his name is actually Tex. <laughs> we so love him we get call him. A stat on the Women's Weekly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, I met Tex on my 21st birthday on a Kentucky tour. He was the Kentucky tour guide in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. Yep. 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 We know a little bit about that story. Yeah, and um, it was one of those things where, like, I'd never met a Kiwi before. Right. And he was definitely a uh, rugby-playing, staunch Kiwi bloke. And we did not get along.
0: Right. I'm loving how the story's we, going in terms of getting married to the men. Yeah,
1: we did not like each other for at least 10 of the 11 days. But on day 11, right. yeah. <laughs> here comes Tex up to the up to the Eiffel Tower with two beers. And I can remember it. So I was just turned 21. He was in his late 30s. And I think he was trying to flirt and go, here's a beer for you, here's a beer for me. And I just remember giving him shit and being like, dude, you must be thirsty. And then <laughs> it hit me later yeah. like, oh no, he was, was going to give that to you. Yeah, that was a
0: New Zealand man's yeah. most you know outrageous flirtatious um, That's right. thing. That's right. And do you want a beer? Do
1: you want a beer, Bird? <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer was yes. And yeah. we got married and we're together for, yeah, 14 years. So at that point in time, had you ever questioned your
0: sexuality or did you, at that time, did you just presume or think that you were straight
1: since coming out i look back on mm. uh you see that there's the signs yes uh, so, so often that yeah. yeah, it? hindsight is amazing yeah. hindsight is very much 2020 when i was younger um, in these small towns i grew up in yeah. very conservative mm-hmm. small towns my nickname was little elton Because I loved Elton John so much. Big sign. Big sign. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what I loved most about him was how open he was and how he invited other queer people in and how people could be colorful in themselves. Mm. I never thought I could be gay because I never saw somebody that looked like me who was allowed to maintain some femininity while still being a bit Mm. of a tomboy who could enjoy boys and men and like them as people and really care for them. Um, but not have to be sexually mm. uh, involved with them. Um, and I think because of the way I look too, you know, five foot ten, blonde hair, blue eyes. You're quite good looking. I'm a real ugly person. <laughs> no, it's
0: not true. I know. I won't have you talking to me. I'm working like on that. that in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you've come to the right place because I think you're fantastic. Thank you. Um, anyway, carry on. I've interrupted now by no, giving you a compliment. I
1: know, and I'm blushing yeah. for yeah. people at home who can't see it. Yeah. Um, it's bright red. It yeah. doesn't look as good now. No. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just laughs> but it was one of those things where I think because I got so much male attention mm. and because nobody was really out, um, my best friend Casey came out at 17. I just went, oh, okay, um, being with guys must be what I meant to do. Right, yeah. My dad's sister is gay. She didn't come out until I came out. Wow. So she came out in her early 70s. So she is she from she's from Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um we always knew she was gay. Yeah. And but she just never came out. She never felt mm. comfortable until um, I came out, uh, which made me really sad. But I always knew there was always a little, little tickle, little inkling yeah. all my friends as I moved into college and into adulthood were gay women. I felt more most at home with gay women. I was definitely attracted to women, but because I was quote unquote not gay married, I was <laughs> yeah. straight married, yeah, uh, in a heteronormative relationship. I just didn't have to face that. I didn't have to deal with it. And um, mm. having a, a daughter so soon after getting married, yeah. meant that I was like I was busy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know what it's like to have a little kid. You you just lose years in the best possible way. Meaning yeah, your your time, life's about it, someone else. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So then. What
0: happened? When did it all change? You
1: know, I think there was a long string of beautiful events um, where I just started to become more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, And I think Tex and I, we still have a very lovely relationship, a very loving uh, relationship. However, I started to realize that the way that I dressed wasn't how I wanted to dress. It was making Mm. me unhappy. Um, I was uh, making myself smaller by putting on, I put on a lot of weight because I didn't want to be attractive to other people. Um, There was a lot of things, you know, the work that I did, I did because I thought that's what I should do. I should Mm. climb a corporate ladder a certain way. And the older I, I think it's just experience and age, the older I got, I went, oh, the reason I'm so abjectly unhappy on the inside is because I'm not being who I am. And I didn't know what that answer was mm. until I met Carly. And it was like, just, this is going to sound so silly and cliche, but it was one. Oh, w- no, it won't. Not if it's romantic. I love it. Oh, it was, it was. So I met Carly at work at Air New Zealand. And I can remember the second that I saw her for the first time and we went to go, like, it was by the copy machines. And, of oh. course, we wanted to <laughs> chat about a <laughs> 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 and Mawa. Uh, and I just remember thinking, wow, what a cool human. Like, yeah. what a neat woman. And I didn't have any other thought in the beginning. And then a friend of mine pulled me aside who worked there, Susan. Yeah. And Susan said, you know, Carly's in charge of the uh, gay pride float. And I think that was Susan's way of saying, oi. Yeah. You. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> and I can remember my heart started to beat fast and my little yeah. eyes were like, ooh. Yeah. And then it was just Tex and I had been splitting. And by the time we'd split, it was just like, wow. Okay. Mm. Uh, this is this is me. This is who I am, and luckily, Carly was like, "Yeah, cool. I like oh, you yeah, too." Yeah. yeah, that is lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <'Cause laughs> We know it could go the other way. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, when you obviously you were like, "This is who I am," mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm I'm in love
1: with this woman. How did you tell the people around you, like your family, your friends? It was it wasn't hard. First and foremost, because the first person I told was my brother. So my brother's yeah. 18 months younger than me, and I called him up. It was a weekend for him in the states. It was a Sunday. I remember he was on a, he was drunk on a golf course and I was like, hey, I'm seeing somebody. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing somebody and they're not a dude. And he was like, yes, it's fine. We love you as long as you're happy. And I knew if I had Rob, that's all I needed. Yeah. Then I told my mom and mom was like, let me tell your father. Because she was excited or because she was like, I think it's best coming from me. I think it's best coming from me. You don't tell your father. Oh, I'll tell you. Are you your still together? They are. You're right. Okay. They've, yeah. And they've been together for how long? I'm 41, 43 years. Right. Yeah. Uh, which was weird because mom and like mom and dad are pretty open because dad's sister is gay. We've never had, yeah, yeah. we've right. always had a very open house yeah. as far as loving people. Yeah. Um, I grew up with trans, you know, knowing trans people in a time in the mm. 80s and 90s when knowing trans people and having out trans people in your lives um, wasn't really a known thing. Of course. Yeah. In small towns. Yeah, too. yeah. So... She told dad and dad, I remember, just called me uh, and he's like, well, I guess we have something in common now, you know, like, <laughs> uh, like the ladies, too, like, like yeah, oh, yeah. fuck, this is yeah. so fucking awkward. Thanks, dad. Don't ever say that again. Yeah. Like full on. Please yeah. never utter those words again. <laughs>
0: but yes, we can agree on that. I think even my dad did something similar. It's like, yeah. oh, I, can, I can understand why you're attracted to women. woman. You know, yeah. so, so am I. I was like, yeah, but probably not the same yeah, ones. This- I'm not attracted to mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I never thought that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. The the scariest jumping off point for me for coming out wasn't family and it wasn't friends because I knew I've always been the kind of the the, the weird one in the family, the one who's willing to take risks, the mm. curious one, the one who doesn't stay in a place for long. So people know. You're open to difference and to d- diversity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I will skate up and down a line as much as I can just to, to see and learn and do an experience. It was when my grandmother died and um, it was actually the day that the last president, I won't say his name, please don't. was put into power. And I had to fly home to Missouri in the middle of a storm to farewell my hero. And I was sitting around this table with mm. 13 Midwesterners who were like salt of the earth, um, farmers and tractor fixer-upperers yeah. and mechanics and all yeah. these things. And they all kind of looked at me when I walked in the room because I was always a California cousin anyways growing up. And I kind of, like, did that weird thing, like, on TV where I'm like, well, everybody, <laughs> I'm super gay now. <laughs> and I was terrified because these yeah, are the people I, I love. Yeah. Not a single one of them gave a damn. So good. They're like, yeah. well, Cassie, that's fine with us. And then they just carried on. Carried on fixing the tractors, talking yeah. about tractors, yeah. doing yeah. all the stuff. They didn't give a single damn. And isn't that interesting? Because obviously,
0: like you say, you know, we I would presume, you know, knowing... The South of America is pretty um conservative. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not entirely open to that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Do you know why that is? Well, I think a lot of it, especially the ideas we have about, like, say, the conservative South or the Midwest yes. or people in general in America, and yeah. I can say this with 20 years of living outside of it now. Yes, yes. Is what we read in the news and what we see on TV is not how normal uh, everyday humans act and interact. Yeah. Um, the people. I know and love, know and love people who are queer, who are of color, who are of all of these different, diverse, nuanced, gritty personalities. Mm. And when you grow up in a town of like 200 people, too, you have to learn how to get along with different people. Yeah. You can't piss everybody off. (laughs) You know, you know, you're related to all those 200 people and you're not going to agree with them on everything. But you have to learn how to get along. Yeah. And you had elite differences speed differences, you know. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. And I always say even to my daughter now, too, with things like that, what's above your pay grade? So there are some decisions and there are some, you know, that making, you know, judging people, that's above my pay grade. I'm going to let yeah. whatever higher power exists make yeah, that yeah, decision. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to love people for who they are. So speaking of your daughter, how did your daughter take the news, the change? Chelsea, um, we were talking about this yesterday, actually. So she's oh, yeah. 16 now. Yes. And we were talking about her relationship with Carly. So... They met when Chelsea was nine years old. She's yep. 16 now, so almost half her life. And the first time those two met, Chelsea literally looked at me after we'd played in a park for half an hour. She looked at Carly and she goes, so which one of you am I going home with? <laughs> really? <laughs> and she, We went and get a chocolate milk and she went with Carly. <laughs> like She'd known this person for 30 minutes. Oh, but yeah. fast forward to now and... We were talking yesterday and Chelsea said the beautiful thing about my relationship with Wiggles, she calls Carly Wiggles, Yeah, is that Wiggles loves me regardless of her relationship to you, mom. Mm. She said Carly's my mom, regardless of of you. She doesn't just put up with me or love me because she loves you. She loves me for me. So for a kid to see that, that's pretty freaking magical. And I was worried about Chelsea when Tex and I split. Yes. And I was worried about what people were gonna say when they realized that Carly and I were together because Mm. there were a few parents from her school at the time who found out that I was dating a woman and they wouldn't say, How's your girlfriend or how's your partner? Mm. They would say, How's the puppy? Oh I mean I would love a puppy and I was so confused (laughs) for so long. I'm like, what are you talking about? Have a dog. I have a lover, not a puppy. Don't like And she's not a bitch. No, she's (laughs) not So, but the, I think the whole point of that is once people were like cool, the yeah. adults were not being weird. The kids loved it. They yeah. kept saying to Chelsea like, "Cause um, Tex has a partner named Carla." Right. So right. here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carly, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Wow, Chelsea, you got three moms." So the kids were fine. Yeah. The kids were it's all often, right. Often, often the way though, isn't it? It's, and I think that's a product of our age group too. Like, we elder millennials and and younger Gen X's. Um, we're teaching our kids. Which one are you? The millennial. Are you a millennial? Mate. <sighs> yeah. Okay, then same. No, I'm
0: not yes. gen X. I'm gen X. <laughs> Just. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're a younger, I'm an elder, so we, we mix Okay, Yeah, well. great. Yeah, you're good. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is why we're such a great combination. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I've interrupted again. The what terrific too. What were we saying? The
1: people, children of our... Of us. Yes. Of our age, I feel like maybe we're doing a better job at being open and communicating... Um, with our kids yeah. so that they can be open and communicate as well because Chelsea's been shown so much love. Yeah. And now our house is filled with a whole lot of different kids. We have a lot of queer kids in our house. We have kids who are out gay, lesbian, um, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see that.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. It's, you know, Even if you look at this generation of young people in terms of their response to things like climate change and all that stuff, they're very proactive. They're very aware of the issues that really actually matter. That's right. And about just wanting the world to be a bit of place, really.
1: That's right. And that's the beauty. So we can, like, I worked in social media since social media began. Mm. And the elders are terrified of what it's going to yeah. do to kids. There's yeah. so much good yes. for kids. There's, like, if I had had social media back in the day, I probably never would have got straight married, to right. be honest yeah. with you. Because there would have been people who looked like me, you know? So, and kids have that now. They have that
2: Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we
0: can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that.
2: You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that you then, like, even thinking about being straight married, and yep. obviously there was lots of good that came out of that, yes. namely your daughter. Would you have any regrets in terms of not coming out earlier, or do you think it's just it's just the nature of the situation as it, as it was?
1: I was talking to Carly about this yesterday. I don't have any regrets. No, you, no you're always pretty positive, aren't you? You, well, you can't go back. And you you can't, can't even, like my mom said to me when, when Tex and I divorced, and I remember I texted her from the lawyer's office, because we had a pretty... In the scheme of things, gentle and kind divorce. Yeah. And I texted her and said, This has been a hard day. And she said, Cass, take a little look back and then look forward because that's the way you're going. Oh. And I was like, Mom, truth bombs, damn. She's good. She is good. But she'll yeah. be she's the one who's like, Cass, you wanna you wanna go to Tennessee and, and bring more music into your life. How can you help others? Do it. She's like, Don't don't be seventy five years old and go, Man, I wish I would have done that thing. Mm. Go do it. Yeah, and we were talking a bit about what you were doing over there in
0: terms of the music scene. And how would you describe it? So you're making it safer and more inclusive for...
1: Yeah, and, you know, navigating navigating the conversations between, like, uh, those people in power, the executives, the Mm. folks who are true allies, and then the grassroots organizations for queer, black women artists, and going, how do we build... A nice bridge between the two, so that there's really good communication, and and that communication mm. then can equal equity of coverage in media. Yeah. Um, it can equal yeah. you know fairness in pay. It can and it can equal better storylines for America. Because I, I reckon if we shift that needle in country music in America, just two percent towards have more such loving, such a massively positive impact. Oh God, it would change it would change my country for generations. Oh, so the, and we're leaving that in your capable hands, then aren't we,
0: Cassie? Jesus. You're going to achieve that. I feel like it's achievable, there, but it's not. They,
1: it's not just me. There are so no, many people yeah, who are yeah. who are there alongside me doing it.
0: Are there any openly queer country music people?
1: There are. There are a lot. Do you have you heard of Brandy Carlisle? Oh yeah 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 yeah. So there's Brandy Carlile. Oh, you chose her song on CTL. That's right. I chose yeah. her <laughs> song. There's another artist that my best friend Vanessa McGowan, um, mm-hmm. uh, who's a Kiwi yeah. here, yeah, And her buddy Simon Stanley, who's also a Kiwi, they play for a woman called Brandy Clark. Uh, she's an openly gay artist, and she's two Brandies, two Brandies spelled differently. Right. Yep. Yeah. And there are a lot of queer artists, and it's just making sure that they get the the time and the space uh, to share those stories because country music is ready made for gay storylines. Let's be real.
0: If you could give your young gay self any advice, what would you, what would it be?
1: This is a tough one. If I had to look back at at little Cassie, trust who you are and don't be afraid. I was, I was afraid of so much. Um, I really wanted to work in the music industry and I did that throughout college. I worked in venues. I worked with bands. I did some songwriting and then I got scared because it was a very male-dominated mm. place. So I backed out, and I had my plan A and my plan B, and I went with plan B, which was to become a quote-unquote <laughs> normal business executive. And a normal business person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did absolutely nothing normally. Um, but I feel like, and that's what I keep telling Chelsea too, is you know, live your truth in the mm. moment, and don't be afraid if that truth changes. Absolutely. It's yeah. like you said earlier, like an accidental actress, like yeah. an accidental yeah. person in the in the industry. It's, Amazing. Say yes to things. And yeah. even
0: if it doesn't work out, at least you will have learned something without a shadow of a doubt. That's you'll right. You'll either have learned, actually, that was terrible. I'm never going to do that again. Or, you know, or you'll have learned, <laughs> I know how to do
1: it better next time. Or you'll just think, wow, that was blinking amazing. I love this. That's right. And yeah. instead of being terrified of change, which a lot of people are, mm. I don't know if it's a it's a wiring issue in my head or a gift, but I've always been like, it's a gift. change is opportunity. Like it's actually this really beautiful gift of going, I'm going to learn that yes, because I can remember in business people going, oh, well, you've been leaving your job every two years. (laughs) And I'd sit them down and I'd go, look, when I was 19 years old, one of my mentors in college said, when women leave their jobs every two years for another job, they will triple their lifetime earning potential. Really? Whereas yeah. like women will will wait until they're quote unquote 99% ready. Right. And so they get their 1% a year increase yes. and they just feel happy yeah. to be there. Whereas men are like, oh, I'm making 100 grand. Next year I want to make 200 grand. Where can it, I do that? Yeah, yeah. And so leaving every two years for me meant like learning every two years yeah. and getting really uncomfortable. And if I hadn't done those things, I would definitely wouldn't be where I am now. And I feel like that's another thing. Just learn how and when to leave things that aren't um, helping you anymore, that aren't helping you grow. Absolutely. Yeah, I tell my little self that. Well,
0: and if I was your little self, I'd be listening to you as my big self, is it? Yeah, thanks. Who am I now? I'm you, but little. Yes. And you're you, but bigger. Um, I am. We've talked about this before. I'm I'm quite a bit bigger than you. (laughs) I wouldn't say bigger. I'd say certainly (laughs) taller you know and I'm probably way more muscly um, no I've seen Habes you heaps more no I'm not heaps more <laughs> you like you're just walking all the time running you're just doing all that exercise stuff you
1: know I'm the Lynette for a day of Beach Haven
0: yeah basically. I can I imagine that uh, well thank you so much Cassie for coming in and um, sharing your your story and some amazing advice it's been really a pleasure to talk to you and I hope you have a really great rest of your day thank okay. you for having me This was Full Disclosure. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was created by Kate Langdon and produced by Kate Langdon and Mark Ihaya with audio mixed by Jess Valor and original music by Eilish Wilson.
2: Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without
0: making it a dirty little secret.
2: In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending.
0: This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had you know had not seen before who delivered the news it's just like you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby.
2: The human race where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it and so I feel really lucky so it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevit. You're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child abuse no, numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. No, I promised I wouldn't have a tad to you about gotcha journalism. Hang oh, into the National Party's no, attack line no, there but I, but I think what, Chris, It would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction.
1: Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing in there that sits
2: with you perfectly fine. That's
1: what we're focused on.
2: Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.